Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. It is sin that takes up residence in our hearts, and the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. We try to excuse it and dress it up and call it something else and say, this is the issue and that is the issue, when really the issue rests right here at home. Here's the deal. We need more than a sophisticated filter for our behavior. You, my friends, and I, my friends, we need a new heart. Christianity is not about behaving, just having a Christian filter. It's about getting a new heart, which is what Jesus offers. Ezekiel says, a new heart will I give you also. While you're standing, grab your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. I want to start reading at verse 20. Proverbs 4 and 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life keep your heart with all diligence why for out of it are the issues of life amen i just want to talk to us just for the next little bit on this title the heart of the matter the heart of the matter if you will help me today, you can be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. This past Wednesday in our um, Wednesday night Bible study, Brother Rice was mentioning something about his uh, his very first his very first vehicle, and it was comical to hear him describe. Uh, his was an old Chevy Nova. Is that what it was? Um, kind of hilarious uh, to hear him describe it. Anybody remember their first vehicle? That's kind of the one that you don't you don't forget, right? Like I see somebody who was 16 years old. Yeah, I remember my first vehicle. You know, it's you usually never forget your first vehicle. And I referenced this this past Wednesday. Uh, mine just happened to be a 1979 Ford F-150, four-speed on the floor. I mean, this puppy had the 300 straight six. And, and some people are really nervous about, like, stick shift, especially if it's, like, your first vehicle. But I could literally put it in third gear and go everywhere that I wanted to go. I didn't have to shift. I just put it in third gear. <laughs> This thing was a beast. It was homemade camouflage, like we said that Wednesday night. Literally took spray paint. This is embarrassing. 
spray paint and I took a, a, some branches that were laying in the yard and held up the branches on the truck and just kind of sprayed the outline. Creative, I know. Yeah, but this was my first vehicle, Brother Hogan. I mean, this thing, zero to 16, about the time my favorite Rascal Flatts song was ending. Um, <laughs> it was powerful, but it wasn't the fastest vehicle that was out there. But man, I loved that truck. Absolutely loved it. Still to this day, I can always spot a 79 Ford F-150. And I was thinking about this as I was putting my notes together. Like 79, I got my license in like 2001. This was an old vehicle. But it was new to me, and that was, I, you know, I just loved it. But I remember, I remember having this vehicle, and you know, whenever you're a young kid, you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about maintenance on a vehicle, right? You just know that the key goes here, you turn it. I've got to push this pedal to stop and this pedal to go, and that's about all you really need to know. Um, and so that's what I did. I just got it in and I drove. I knew how to put gas in, obviously, but I wasn't, I didn't pay attention to the gauges other than the speedometer and the gas and stuff like that. But I didn't look at anything else. And I remember one particular day I was driving um, uh, in between, it was in between Pinkneyville and Coulterville. And I remember looking out uh, the, driver, uh, the driver window, at the, you know, adjacent to me, and I was looking across a field uh, and I, I remember seeing, man, what is that smoke over there in the, in the trees? It was, it was like, it was, and it was, it was white smoke, right? And so I was like, man, something is on fire. Little did I know that it was underneath my hood from where the smoke was coming from. That smoke began to roll, and long story short, basically there was a leak in the radiator, and Bryce's truck had ran out of antifreeze, which is vital to the engine uh, in order to keep the engine healthy. You know, something, and I remember thinking about it, man, my truck just suddenly broke down. It suddenly broke down, but in reality, it had actually been a lingering problem that culminated into a bigger issue, right? There was this a small leak that over time, little by little, day by day, had turned into something that I eventually had to get the truck towed to a, to a shop and had to get a brand new radiator put in the thing, had to take apart the, the, the head and everything on the motor and put a new gasket in there because I had blown the head gasket. And for those of you who are familiar with what I'm talking about this morning, whenever you do that, you do damage uh, that you, you know, you didn't just hurt the head gasket, you hurt other things as well. And so I had to deal with that for the remainder of the time. Uh, of me owning this this vehicle switching gears here just for a moment um, you know speaking of things that we think suddenly happened but in reality there were lingering issues that were trying to pop up to the service to let us know that something serious was going on you know there are people that um, who who suffer uh, who have suffered from heart attacks that preceded by supposedly unrelated symptoms. They, they felt that it just happened suddenly. Like suddenly something went wrong. 
cardiologists, they use a procedure called an arteriogram to diagnose the health of a, of a patient's heart. Basically, it's an x-ray of the arteries taken after dye is injected into the bloodstream, allowing doctors to pinpoint blockages in the arteries that serve as conduits carrying the blood from the heart. But a, apart from an arteriogram, a life-threatening heart problem can go undetected for years. An individual who has a blockage will experience symptoms, but these symptoms may not seem to be directly associated with the heart. And so an arterial blockage can manifest itself through many different ways. It can be manifested through back pain. It can be manifested through an inability to sleep. It could be uh, manifested through anxiety, a loss of appetite, indigestion, uh, nausea, vision change, even loss of memory. And these symptoms are often treated as isolated issues unrelated to the health of the heart. And sometimes the right medication can take the edge off of most of these symptoms. The problem, of course, is that treating the symptoms mask the real culprit. And it actually delays treatment of the problem, thus leaving the problem to worsen and worsen. Yes, all of us in this room this morning, we have a physical heart. And it is possible to suffer from a heart disease. But you have another heart. You have a spiritual heart. The invisible part of you that philosophers and poets and preachers refer to all the time. The thing that gets us all nostalgic when we hear an old song uh, from way back when. It's that, that part of you, that thing that maybe got broken in the ninth grade when, oh, what's her name said, I just want to be friends. The friend zone is fun, right? You, you had your heart set on this individual, but you found out that they just liked you as a friend and our hearts break. It's the part of you that swells up with pride when you see your kids do something great. It's that mysterious, wonderful, confusing part of you that enables you to love, laugh, fear, and experience life. It's the sphere in which relationships happen and in which relationships are broken. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. And while it is possible to just treat symptoms of problems associated with our physical heart, we do the very same thing with our spiritual heart. We, 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 are, we, we are tempted to treat the symptoms that stem from an unhealthy spiritual heart while ignoring the deeper issues. But as is the case with the physical heart, eventually the root problem will become the real problem. 
And if we are all honest this morning, there have been times when we have gone outside of ourselves for a solution to the problem. We've gone outside of ourselves to try and find the answer. We've gone outside of ourselves to try to figure out what can help us when, when we should have been going to the inside where, where, where the true problem is. We have gone outside to try to find the solution when really we should have tried to go inward to try to figure out and fix what is broken, what is wrong, what is sick. It reminds me of the golfer about to hit his first shot on the first hole. He swung and he missed the ball. He swung again and he missed the ball. And he swung as hard as he possibly could and missed the ball. And he looked up at his friends and he says, man, this is a tough golf course. That's okay. Some of you are like, I've been there before. I have swung my hardest and whipped. And you try to play it off like, oh, that was just a practice swing. I would just kind of like try to get the force down. And he says, man, this is a tough golf course. And he may have been right, but the golf course wasn't the problem. You may be right as well. Your circumstances may be challenging, but blaming them is not the solution, nor is neglecting them. You see, real change, church, is an inside job. You might alter things a day or two with money and with systems, but the heart of the matter is and always will be the matter of the heart. That is the heart of the matter. And just as a heart attack has the potential to destroy your body, neglecting our spiritual heart has the potential to destroy you and your most valuable relationships. I'm here to tell you today, it is the heart that is the issue. It's the heart that is the problem. Life can be hard on the heart because the world is full of outside influences that have the power to disrupt its rhythm, to disrupt the flow. That's what the devil did all the way back at the Garden of Eden. He stepped in and he disrupted the rhythm. He took out the the rhythm that God had established. Everything that God made, you read it. Creation, light, darkness, uh, 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 night, uh, day, water, land, grass, animals. Everything had rhythm. Life had rhythm. There was a pattern. There was a repeated sound. There was rhythm that God had created and the enemy came in and destroyed that and that's what he's still trying to do today trying to stop the rhythm trying to stop the beat even the beat of our own hearts to disrupt the rhythm that is supposed to be there in life and over time you develop habits that slowly erode your heart's sensitivity Again, we're not dealing with something that just happens suddenly, but over time, it is a slow fade. We develop bad habits that slowly wear down the sensitivity of our hearts. A habit is a regular practice wired deep into our brains, often hard to give up. Habits can be good, like exercise and and healthy eating and regular Bible reading and having a prayer life. Those are good habits, but habits can also be bad. Think of the unhealthy tendencies that make us feel stuck. Whether it's the bad habit of, you know, turning to the 
turning to the turning to the cupboard for satisfaction or a bad habit that we you know falling into a trance in front of our, our cell phones for our entertainment or a deeper deeper more shameful habit that we dare not mention in the circle at the at the weekly bible study i believe that most of us uh, uh, whether it's a, a good habit or a bad habit most of us could stand to break at least a habit or two if we're truly honest Many of us long for the freedom of breaking an unhealthy uh, uh, coping mechanism or, or, or secret pattern of sin. When we're honest about it, most of our bad habits are more than quirky behaviors. They're flat out sin. And that's the problem with our world today. You see, we don't have an abortion problem. We have a sin problem. We don't have a high divorce rate problem. We have a sin problem. It is sin that takes up residence in our hearts. And the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. We try to excuse it and dress it up and call it something else and say, this is the issue and that is the issue when really the issue rests right here at home. It's the heart. And those small sins that we think can manage, that we think we can manage, they slowly but surely begin to eat away at who we are as Christians. And they harden our hearts over time and our hearts become insensitive. They become callous and they become cold. The inevitable pain and disappointment of life causes us to set up walls around our hearts. And at the end of the day, your heart gets out of sync. It gets out of rhythm in which it was created to maintain. And if left alone, these heart attackers will linger for a lifetime and do incredible damage. The reason that we rarely stop to monitor our hearts is that it was never encouraged. As children, we were taught instead to monitor our behavior. I can remember my parents taking me and all my brothers to stores. I mean, you picture it, four kids, close in age. And I can remember them just being in the car, pulling up to the store, turning around in the back seat, and I'm, I'm talking like, you get your, like, your dad eyes and your dad face and your dad voice going and stuff like, you know I'm talking about the voice, this boys? You know the one where they talk and they don't move their lips and stuff, they talk to the two boys? You be on your What'd you say? <laughs> You be on your best behavior. In other words, they were saying, don't act like you normally act. Don't be yourself. Be on your best behavior as best you know possible. We're going into a store here. And so we learned growing up to just behave properly when we went places. And if we behave properly, good things happen. We didn't get whipped. We get, we, we got rewarded with, with candy and life. And if we, if we, if we behaved properly. Regardless of what was going on in our hearts. 
if we behaved properly, we were rewarded. And so we modify our behavior to avoid pain. And we've been doing it ever since as human beings. Consequently, we become much better at monitoring our behavior, the way that we conduct ourselves than the words that we say. And we become much better at monitoring those things than we do at monitoring our own hearts. But hear me today, pretending all the time can be problematic because it allows you to ignore the true condition of your heart. And eventually your heart, the real you, will outpace the attempts to monitor and filter everything that you say and everything that you do. The things that we choose to not take care of in our hearts will eventually work their way to the surface. Those things have a way of rising to the top. When we don't deal with the issues of the heart, eventually they deal with us. It's only a matter of time. Those neglected issues will begin to leak into the way we act. They'll leak into our character. They'll begin to seep into our relationships. And if our heart continues to go unmonitored, things will worsen to the point that we are no longer able to contain it with carefully managed words and carefully managed behavior. It won't matter anymore about the good behaviors that we have learned to display over time. It won't matter the nice things that we have to say about people and about ourselves. Church, when we ignore the real issue, when we let our hearts continue to go unmonitored, maybe maybe you've already noticed this in your own life. Maybe you've already noticed things starting to slip a bit. Maybe you, maybe you, you've always been able to contain uh, certain things in your life. Maybe you've always been enable, uh, been able to contain your anger. But lately, there's an edge in your voice that maybe even scares you just a little bit. You used to be able to re rejoice with a brother or a sister over something good happening to them, but for some reason, you just can't do it anymore. You behave like everything is okay, but it's not. You still know how to act. You still know what to say and how to say it. You still know how to behave good. These are merely symptoms of a deeper struggle. Your heart is under attack and you will lose the battle if you let it continue to go unmonitored you've treated the symptoms but have never gotten down to the root issue you have avoided the internal battle all the while your heart is being attacked is being attacked is being attacked little by little day by day we find ourselves saying things and then responding i can't believe i just said that i can't believe i can't i can't believe i did that and then we say that's that's not like me 
And then later on, as the problem worsens and worsens, we, we don't say it's not like me anymore. We just say, that's just who I am. Our hearts harden. They get callous. They get colder and colder and colder. We say and we do things we thought we would never say and do. And we think to ourselves, maybe even say out loud, where did that come from? We become shocked at our actions. We become shocked at our behavior. And we say, where did that come from? So where did it come from? I'll tell you, it came from the heart. And we think that our mistake was an exception. And in one way it was. It was an exception to our general rule of not allowing what's in our heart to be exposed to the rest of the world. But in reality, that's a, that, that embarrassing mistake was not an exception to what is in our heart. It was a reflection of what is in our heart. It's a reflection of what's truly going on on the inside. Have you ever heard this phrase before? Have you ever heard this? He's, he's got a good heart. She's got a good heart. Normally that's what you hear when you're trying to set your friend up with somebody. And the girl's like, he's nice. That's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to date you. Like, I'm not super interested at all. You know, and you try to cover it up by like, he's got a good heart. He's nice. In other words, no, uh, no, thank you. He's got a good heart. Here's what the Bible says about the heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says the heart is deceitful. Above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Huh? deceitful, desperately sick. And this is something that we leave unmonitored. Something that is desperately sick. Something that is deceitful. It will trick you. It, it will make you think something that's not really there. And that's what we leave unchecked. That's what we leave unmonitored. But over time, it comes out little by little by little. We've learned to mask it for so long, but you can only do that for such a time. And all of a sudden, we, we, we begin to, uh, uh, so, you know, the people close to us, they, you know, they routinely catch the flack that's thrown off by the explosive stuff that we work so hard and try so hard to keep hidden. It doesn't come out among uh, 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 casual acquaintances or in social settings, but it comes out among those close to you when you've turned off the safety valve and let down your defense. That's why uh, statistics will tell, show you that we actually hurt most people that we love the most. We are mad, but don't know why. We are hurting, but don't know why. We are discontent, but can't find no real reason to feel that way. We're resentful towards certain types of people, though they have done nothing to us. They have done nothing to deserve that kind of treatment. We are jealous while knowing all the time that it is foolish to dislike somebody for them having something that we don't. None of these things make any sense, but they are real. They are real issues that real people deal with on a daily basis. 
And if left unchecked, they have the potential to drive us into self-destructive, hear me today, self-destructive and relationship-wrecking behavior patterns. Your heart seeps into every conversation. It dictates every relationship. It impacts the intensity of your communication. It exaggerates your sensitivities and insensitivities. Everything passes through your heart. People have even developed language to describe it when things get lodged in their hearts. They say, I'll never let anyone hurt me like that again. And out of the mouth, pours the junk that is connected to a wounded heart. And they will insist that you are the problem. You're the problem. Matthew 15 and 18, Jesus said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from where? The heart. And they defile the man. If you truly want want to know what's going on in your heart, just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Your mouth serves as a stethoscope to listen to your heart. To listen to what's going on. Matthew 15 and 19, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Heart issues make relationships difficult to maintain because relationship revolves around knowing and being known. Being transparent. I know you. You know me. Relationship. But secrets can damage the heart because they make us build walls in our relationships. That's because we usually suspect in others what we are guilty of ourselves. And so we build up walls. Because we don't trust the other person for this or that. When the truth of the matter is, we don't trust ourselves. And we put it on the other person. We put it on God. It's never us. Never our issue. It's never our fault. It's never our problem. And just like that, there we go again. Not monitoring our heart. Sometimes these all unresolved hurts run so deep that they erase a person's faith in God. They just can't believe in a God who would let that happen to them or or to someone that they love. How could God let this happen? How could God do this to me? How could God do that to them? And all of a sudden, a person's heart, over time, little by little, they lose faith in God. They lose trust in God. And their heart becomes callous and hard and cold. And before you know it, they're no longer on the pew sitting next to us. The danger of leaving our hearts unmonitored, our hearts unchecked. You know what's at stake? Eternity is at stake. Eternity is on the line. And we let something that is deceitful and desperately sick go unchecked and unmonitored. I simply ask you today, how are things with your heart? Not your career, not your family, 
Not, not, not your reputation, not your finances, your heart. How are things with your heart? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Every morning I say a prayer over our boys. God, guard their hearts today. God, guard their hearts today. Watch over, protect, keep an eye on their heart. Why? Because it affects everything that they do. All of the issues of life flow. You see, here's the deal. We need more than a sophisticated filter for our behavior. You, my friends, and I, my friends, we need a new heart. Christianity is not about behaving, just having a Christian filter. It's about getting a new heart, which is what Jesus offers. Ezekiel says, a new heart will I give you also. We can behave good all we want. We can act good all we want. We can put on the suit and tie. But at the end of the day, how is our hearts? How's our hearts? A new heart will I give you also. And a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. So our music comes this morning. Hear me right now. Only God can give us a new heart. The world can't give it. Your spouse can't give it. Your children can't give it. Your friends can't give it. Only God can give us a new heart. I think it's important to note that He gave this promise to people who already had God's list of top ten behaviors to help guide them. But clearly, it wasn't enough for them to know what to do. They needed to change from the inside out in order to follow through. From the inside out. Isn't it funny how we always try to do things backwards? We focus on the outside. The outward man. And we forget all about the inside we want to change but we want it on our terms we want it in our ways but the problem church is that our terms do not fix us our ways do not fix us our remedies do not fix us God fixes us God changes us God gives us a new heart and a new spirit. Our terms don't work. Our ways don't work. You see, our ways is we work on the outside and we think that will fix uh, the inside. But we got to work on the inside and that will fix the outside. And the only way to work on our spiritual heart is on our knees before God, praying and seeking His face, saying, God, I give this to you. God, I put it in your hand. God, create in me a clean heart. God, give me a new heart. So as you stand with me today, my plea my plea, my plea for you today is to stop ignoring the problem. 
Stop ignoring the issue. Stop avoiding it. Hear the invitation of Jesus who knows our hearts and He still invites us to come. Come unto me. How long, church, how long will you let it go on? I'm not sure who I'm speaking to today. I didn't plan on this to be a a shouting message or a shouting lesson. But I ask you today, how long will you let it go on? A day, a week, a month, a year, a decade, until the day before you pass from this earth. How long will you let it go Is everything okay with your heart? How is your heart? Do you have anger? Are you, are you waiting around for someone to come to you to make things right? Do things come out of your mouth on a regular basis that you have to apologize for? Do you have any hidden things in your life that are eating at you? Is there anything going on that you hope nobody discovers? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. In the English language, we have, we have many different ways of expressing this. A few of them give, give away just how sick the heart can get. Maybe these are phrases you've said. Maybe it's phrases that you've heard someone say. They talk about a bleeding heart. A broken heart. Pour out your heart, pour your heart out, cry your heart out, eat your heart out, rip your heart out, a hard heart, a heart of stone, a sick heart, wear your heart on your sleeve. Basically, all of those things say what is in the heart will eventually make itself known. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And they defile the man, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, fault, witness, blasphemies. Church, we have, we have done a good job. We have learned to guard our behavior, but we have never learned to monitor our hearts. And that is what gets us in trouble. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard it, for it affects everything that you do hear me today don't be tempted just to treat the symptoms don't be tempted just to treat the symptoms that stem from an unhealthy spiritual heart while ignoring the deeper issues as is the case with the physical heart eventually the root problem will become the real problem just as a heart attack has the potential to destroy your body Spiritual heart disease has the potential to destroy you and your most valuable relationships. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place? In a moment of honesty, in a moment of just you and God right now, would you just simply ask yourself, how is my heart? Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.